Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome to us to episode number 304 of Linux in the Hampshire. This is our deep dive episode. It's a deep dive episode on the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight we have, well, two thirds of the usual cast of characters. We won't have Cheryl tonight, W5MOO, but I'm here, Russ K5TUX, as is Bill, NE4RD. Good evening or good morning or whenever you're listening to this. Yes. Good whatever. Good, good whatever whatevers. <laughs> um, so. Well, this, this episode's a little bit delayed because we had scheduled an interview with uh, Peter Goodall, 2M0SQL, about his project, CloudLog, which is a PHP-based web-accessible logger application. And, um, well, he kind of ghosted us. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we've made repeated <clears throat> attempts to... Uh, to get in contact with Peter, but I have heard nothing. I assume you have heard nothing. I have not heard anything. So I know originally he had agreed to uh, to record at a normal time, which I thought was odd because it's 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning over in Scotland. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I offered multiple times, different times. And uh, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, it's sad we didn't get to talk to Peter, but uh, we did take a good look at his his software. Uh, I know we looked at it several times over probably the past couple of years. I think it's come up in our uh, LHS podcast segment and uh, geez, a couple other places. We've kind of just mentioned it maybe in the GitHubster diving, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we definitely, uh, definitely uh, wanted to get a chat with them since uh, we both kind of dove into getting, well, you installed it and I actually got my installation working again from the very first time I installed it. <laughs> So I installed it once before and it was working and then I don't know where that installation went. So I, (laughs) I did another Git pull and I installed it again and I went through and loaded a whole mess of uh, log data into it from, I've got log entries from 2005 up till now in it now. Um, So I've been using it pretty extensively. So um, unfortunately there were a few questions and a few specific things about CloudLog that I wanted to address with Peter because I have a local club here that's interested in using it for doing uh, contest logging and they wanted to compare it to some of the other options and I'm not sure we're going to be able to get those questions answered but maybe after this episode comes out we'll you know we'll get some some answers or something uh, but either way we are going to just personally take a look at cloud log because Bill and I both have installations of it we've both been using it and uh, so we're just going to kind of run down how you install it, what's, what it is, you know, it's licensing, uh, basic operations, so on and so forth. So I'm going to let you sort of like lead the, uh, discussion here. Um, 
have you done i actually saw that he had released some fixes in the last like few days so i did a poll yeah. on it and uh it actually added a few things so but yeah i have we, yeah go ahead, go ahead. No, no. no you you go <laughs> you were gonna say something <laughs> i was just gonna say uh the only noticeable thing i saw was the station field in the logbook um which is you know useful uh, but we'll, we'll get to all of that. I guess we should just first talk about the application and where you get it, how you install it and all that. Then uh, we can get into operation. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, he does have a landing page on his website over on, uh, magicbug.co.uk. It's a uh, cloud log. And of course, uh, it's a really good webpage because, you know, Peter's actually a web designer, so <laughs> he has spent a lot of time uh, making this look really good, and the application itself looks really good. So the application is uh, is available over on GitHub, so you can download it freely and deploy it freely uh, at your will, and it is PHP-based, so that means that you will need uh, some sort of hosting environment that supports PHP. So whether that be Nginx or Apache, or if you have like a shared service VPS or what have you, uh, real easy to deploy the website site application. Um, of course, run the latest, greatest secure version of PHP version seven or better uh, would be best. And uh, it uses a MySQL database backend for all of the, uh, all of the configuration and logging data and everything else. So you'll need both of those pieces. So you'll need, uh, you know, the traditional, you know, lamp stack <laughs> or, or whatever, F fill in the blank with all the other pieces if you're not using Apache. Um, and uh, that will get you going. And you can do one or two ways. You can actually either just download the, uh, the old zip file from, uh, from CloudLog, or you can actually uh, get clone it. And I, I suspect that you did the clone option when you went to install i did and i just cloned it directly into my web root on the server and that makes it really nice because when you do a pull you get all the automatic updates and everything and of course the core application doesn't overwrite your configs or anything so you can you can more or less safely just do a git pull although it's always good to back up your configs before you do anything stupid like updating so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so that's the, the the basics of the application itself. I mean, what CloudLog actually is is a, is a, it is a, just a standard logging application. It's not uh, specific for contesting or anything else like that. It is designed uh, to basically allow you to log contacts um, and uh, have them accessible in a place that is not specific to like your computer at home. You know, like you normally install a logger, it's locally installed. Uh, this allows you to actually install it up on the cloud, you know, uh, you know, nice little interwebs. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can even put this on a Raspberry Pi or whatever, whatever you really want to deploy it on. If you wanted to have it like, uh, you know, be hosted here or self-hosted on your, on, you know, at your house on like a Raspberry Pi or, you know, if you have an Ubuntu server or, or what have you, um, you can do that type of deploy. And then that that logger would be available to any computer that you use to log with, including your phone. I believe the application works fine on the phone. In fact, I'm going to go load mine up on my phone. Just well, it's check. supposed to. It does use a PHP uh, framework called CodeIgniter underneath, and I believe the one of the features of CodeIgniter is that it does create a fairly responsive interface. So if you have a smaller screen 
like a tall, narrow screen like a phone or a tablet or something like that, it should also look and respond fairly well. I know if you uh, shrink up your desktop uh, browser window, it will definitely become uh, tablet-esque. You, you lose uh, some of the menus and things like that. They, they go into the triple bar scenario and, and so on. So The hamburger. <laughs> the, the hamburger. Yeah, the triple bar. That's a hamburger. Oh, that's a hamburger, right? Yes, yes. So. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I just you could uh, test its responsiveness right on your desktop browser. Uh, yeah, I just shrink it down. But uh, I just loaded it here on the old uh, Android phone, and sure enough, it comes up just fine. Logged in. Uh, I can. Uh, uh, let's just. Uh, do you want to go over the menu items here, or? Well, let's probably go over the installation a little bit. I mean, okay. Did you, did you talk about the dependencies and stuff like that? I may have tuned out briefly. <laughs> no, I did. I did not. I just went over the PHP seven and MySQL as the dependencies. Um, is there additional dependencies? Uh, you have down here curl, MB strings, and XML, just uh, as PHP dependencies at least. Which may oh not yeah, be my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have those. <laughs> Yeah, the notes I put in there a while ago. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you do need the uh, those modules installed for uh, curl, MP strings, and XML. Um, mine already had it installed. <laughs> I didn't have to go out and look for it. I think that's pretty. Uh, those are pretty generic packages for uh, for most uh, most hosting setups for for PHP applications. If you plan on doing PHP, if you're installing from scratch, you may need to install those those particular modules. But uh, that is not terribly hard to do. Nope. Simple apt install will get rid of you know get you to that point. And of course, I did, I did mine in a, in a web server on my Hamshack computer that was sort of already there. Uh, but you were going to ask him about installing installing it in like a virtualized environment, like under Heroku or Docker or something like that. So yeah, if there was already like some pre-built scripts to uh, deploy that stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously for Docker, you can write your own little Docker image real quick to, you know, spin up an Apache server and a, and a MySQL server and, and, and download the app and deploy it. Uh, so yeah, Docker would be a no brainer. I was just wondering if there was already somebody that did like a Heroku, um, to host it there. But, um, I guess we'll find, we'll, we won't know. Yeah. We won't know about that one. Of course, there is the <laughs> thing about, I don't know if this was in your notes, but I think it probably was where you can actually have, um, I don't know if it's Peter or somebody associated with him, but they will actually host it for you if you don't have a place to host it yourself. Yeah, that was one of the subscription options. Um, so let's, let's just go over the license real quick so you understand the, the model for the software. It is a, a MIT license, right? I believe. Is that what yes, I MIT yeah. license, which means you can do with it whatever the hell you want. That's not, right. Not you, copy you, left, not anything. Just you can download it, delete it, download it again, and delete it again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Um, also, he has a, available uh, 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 the ability to purchase a subscription, uh, which you can buy a monthly subscription for uh, four pounds a month. I guess that's the pound symbol, or uh, forty-eight pounds a year, and he'll actually host it for you uh, on his server. I'm assuming, or whatever services he's reselling as a web developer. I, you know, I have my own servers too. I don't know if that means you get a login <laughs> on his instance of, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's totally separated out. Yeah, um, you get your own instance because you can have multiple logins in, you know, which we'll get to. I, I think I'm jumping ahead. So anyway, go, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can have multiple logins, multiple station setups, multiple profiles. Uh, which would support uh, obviously uh, your log isolated from others. Um, 
so uh so that's the options that you have for subscription over there also uh he he does make uh, make it known it is a is it a free product that he's working on it's a it's an open source it's mit licensed and he does have links to his paypal and patreon over there so if you're interested in supporting this uh in that type of manner those are available on his website as well so i think we did that um so installation we covered that you can go and install it anywhere that you want um what else do we want to talk about for install so there's really not much to it as long as you have a properly configured web server and you have the the pull or the zip file uh extracted in the root of that server it pretty much just works you will have to um at least for me the documentation says to go to the root slash install and that will mm-hmm. that will give you a a little wizard that you you know change a couple of variables to make it connect to your database server and such and then it goes through the install process and at that point you should have a a, a basic system wherein you'll be able to log in now the the default account is m0abc with a, a password of demo don't leave it that way <laughs> um, you're going to want to create you're going to want to get into the admin setting create your own user and then delete uh, the m0abc user and then you're also going to want to delete the install directory because you don't want to leave that lying around uh, but once you've done that you should have a fully installed version of cloud log and then you can start admitting and doing logging awesome <laughs> well <laughs> that, that was where you move on from the install process i think we're done with install so okay <laughs> we can talk so, about operation but we should probably talk about basic configuration because that's what people are going to want to do first i would assume how dare they want to actually and you know configure it <laughs> <laughs> oh there is one more thing to the install i guess if you want to use rig control um it's not really rig control it's more like rig access <laughs> um there's a php script you have to download and you have to run and then what it does is it interfaces with rig control d rig ctld so you'll have to have hamlib installed on your machine with rig control d properly set up and running and then you have to invoke the php script which will connect to rig control d and that will create an interface into cloud log so that if you go to the configuration for your um, radio i believe it's under like station profiles or something or where is the where is the configuration for for the the radio um it's i think it's in stations yeah oh it's in the radio interface Radio interfaces, yeah, there it is. Yeah, and there, there's also a thing about um, an API, and that actually has an API hook. So you have to, well, I'm making this sound way harder than it is, but okay. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about basic stuff, and then we'll go back into. Yeah, I yeah. think we're getting into the uh, third party so, stuff because, like, right. recontrol is third party. Right. So when you go and create your user, so let's go back to that. So you created your user, you've deleted the other user the m0abc uh inside your user configuration that's where you're going to set your call sign your locator um username password for logbook of the world eqsl username password uh and qth nickname and club log email password and club log call sign so all that information is stored on your user profile so that'll make sure that everything that uh, is attached to those services is uh, is connected properly. Um, once you have that set up, you'll want to set up your station profile. And your station profile should, let me just click the create here. 
Um, should have a station name, so it should be a short name for your actual configuration. Mine's home, QTH. <laughs> uh, station call sign again, um, that goes in there. Station city, station country, CQ zone, ITU zone, grid square, IOTA reference if you happen to be on an island, and SOTA reference. So the nice part about these station profiles, you can actually create them for specific uh, activation areas. So let's say you, uh, you're you doing Walmart parking lots on the air. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can put that Walmart parking lot on the air and have the grid square in there and everything else. Um, Peter is a, is a big satellite guy and, and runs around, does a, the, the little satellite with the arrow and everything else. So, uh, so like he built this primarily for as well for satellite operations. So you can go ahead and put in like every location that you were going to activate in here as a separate location. Uh, again, if you're a soda person or iota person, you know, if you're going to activate an island or activate a summit, you can go ahead and put that reference in here so that you can keep that profile separate <clears throat> for when you upload uh, to Logbook of the World and everything else because you'd have to, you know, change your location for those particular activation events. If you change states, I, I guess, at least for, for soda at least. <laughs> if you're in the same state, I don't think it truly matters unless you're doing a satellite contact, then you're probably in a different grid square. So anyway, it's good to have that as a separate information. So when you sync to those other uh, third-party logging uh, checker services, that that everything there is, is, is proper. Um, so that's your station profile. Uh, and you were gonna get into the radio stuff. But, yeah, I'll uh, try and see flesh what, out the radio interface without getting too too far into it. Um, you know, I'm just trying to see what other configuration items you need. Before. Well, the first thing you should do is um, after you create your user account is create an API key. Um, even if you don't use the API, you should have an API key. I created a read-write API key. It's really easy to do. You just go to the API in the admin dropdown and says generate a key with read-write access, and that's it. Then you have a key. And like I said, with the PHP script that interface was with RIG control D, you have to have an API key. Uh, you actually have to manually input it in that PHP script. So you make sure RIG control D is running. You make sure the PHP script has your API key in it. Uh, you start it. And then in the interface, if you go to radio interface, admin underscore radio interface, it will say, there are active radios that are connected to CloudLog via the API. And it will show you what the radio is, what the frequency on the radio is, what mode it's set to, and so on and so forth. And then when you do logging, uh, whether it be active or pass logging, uh, it will use the information from your radio to do that logging. So pretty straightforward. So you say. Well, it, it actually was pretty simple for me. And considering it actually involves a separate third-party script, uh, API keys, and a bunch of other stuff, it, it went pretty slick, actually. As long as your rig control D is working properly. And by the way, as a side note here, I will say that you should use rig control D <laughs> um, <laughs> because it super simplifies using every other thing. Because like I'm I'm running CloudLog on my Shack computer that has connection connections to my radio, which I also use for things like WSJTX and FL Digi, FreeDV, and all of these things which use Hamlet to connect to the radio which you can do either sequentially or simultaneously using rig, uh, rig control D without, have, without creating uh, conflicts between applications trying to grab control of your radio because they all just talk to rig control D and it, and it hands all of them the same information because it's like a TCP socket. So 
rather than connect your application directly to the radio using the Hamline interface, I would recommend configuring all your applications to use RIG Control D. Uh, it just simplifies the whole process. Cool. So uh, for the for using RIG Control D, um, what actually can you go over one more time the actual connection to uh, cloud log and, and how that interaction works. Cause I, I was just looking at their, uh, the cloud log cat application and it looks like it uses Omni rig and it looks like it's slightly dated. Uh, let's see what I'll, I'll get into my actual installation here and I'll tell you what the name of the script is. Cause I'm, I'm not even sure where I found it. Oh, it must've been. I see cloud log rig control interface. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Now I'm caught up. I was uh, I was missing that particular thing, and that's also available on, uh, on yeah. The other thing that you're talking about is a Windows application. Um, yeah, it's an old VB app or VB.net. Right. This is called Rig Control Cloud Log Interface PHP. That's the name of the script. <laughs> um, and let's see, where did I put that? I put that in just a dev directory because I think uh, I think I got it through Git. Maybe did I get it through Git? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is available on github it's at uh mana worm as <laughs> uh, a page and uh, it's under the cloud log rig control we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes so you don't have to worry about that um yeah it's under cloud log rig control interface i i uh i did get it through git and it's just a, it's literally just a php script so you just have to run it however um and you do have to like I said, you have to program the API key into it. Let me see if I can find where I put that. Did I put the API key? <laughs> uh, where is the API key? Oh, it's in the config.php script. Uh, so, so when you get, when you do a git clone of this repo for the cloud log rig control library, there's a, there's three scripts. There's the rig control D script. There's the rig control cloud log interface script and there's a config script. And in the config script, config.php, uh, there's a there's two things you need to change. Well, actually, there's several things you need to change. <laughs> uh, the first thing is the rig control host. That's where your rig control D is running. And because it is a TCP thing, it could be on a machine that is not connected to where your rig control or your cloud log is. As long as you have a port open, you know, through your firewall or some way to connect to port 4532 on whatever machine you're trying to connect to, you can connect to it. It's basically the machine that your rig is connected to. It does not have to be the same machine that CloudLog is running on. However, in my case, they are one and the same. Um, you set the rig control port. Then there's the CloudLog URL, which is the actual URL of your CloudLog instance. Um, like in my case, it's hamshack.k5tux.us on a certain port. Um, and then you set the cloud log API key, uh, as we've already discussed how to generate that API key. And then for the live QSO menu, you give the radio a specific title. And I believe that's a free form string. And I just called mine the name of my radio, which is a TS570D. And that's the way it shows up in cloud log. Then you invoke that PHP script. It runs in the background. Uh, connects to rig control D and presents your radio to your cloud log instance. So there you go. Hope that all made sense. I know when things make sense to me, it doesn't always come off to someone else. They may not <laughs> understand, but that's why we have an email address and a phone line. So if none of that made sense, 
call us, email us. We'll let you, you know, we'll help you figure it out. Cool. <laughs> I'm okay. just reading through it myself. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So we're going to assume now there. you have a new username. You have a station, at least one station configuration set up. You may or may not have an interface to your rig. It's not necessary, but it's always nice to have. And at that point, you can pretty much start logging. Um, you, you know, the, the interface is pretty straightforward. There's a menu bar across the top that gives you, uh, some options for doing things. The first is, of course, the logbook, which will display your current logbook. Um, and it's a pretty straightforward thing. I don't think we need to describe what a logbook looks like. It's pretty straightforward. Um, then there are two things you can do. You can live log and you can post live log uh, under the QSO tab. Live logging is, of course, live logging. And if you go, if you select live logging and you go under the station, you can select your station profile. And you can select your radio. And as long as you select the radio as you have previously configured using the API key and the PHP script, it will connect directly to your radio and get the mode and frequency and all of that relevant information. So it will auto log that for you. QSO is pretty straightforward. It auto completes the date and time. Make sure you're running NTP. So it, the clock on your computer is correct. Always useful. Then you enter the call sign. Uh, if you're using a station, you know, if you're connected to a radio, you don't have to enter mode and band because that will already be done for you. Um, of course, you can override if you want. Uh, you got your receive RST, your transmit RST or RS, <laughs> depending on what you're using. And you can put in a bunch of extraneous fields if you want to do that as well. You can also put in other information, including propagation mode, like if you happen to know you're doing meteor scatter or moon bounce or something like that, you can throw that in. You've got your iota reference, soda reference. And what the hell is DOK? <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can D'okay. also enter your DOK. <laughs> yeah, uh, that might be a satellite thing. I don't know. Uh, there's also more information about satellites because, again, Peter's big satellite user uh, satellite logger so there's additional information you can put in here under the satellite tab including what mode the satellite is operating in and the satellite's name and then you can do qsling information too where you say you know yes this has a qsl that i'm sending i've already sent this qsl what method you're using to send the qsl whether direct or bureau and if it's a bureau what bureau and then you can store all that information in the database and then move on to your next contact. So the DOK appears to, appears to be a German locator. <laughs> okay. Well, so that'll be very useful special. for somebody other than me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, all right. Um, the mapping I've noticed, at least as far as the QSOing is a little weird. Uh, it doesn't seem to show, of course, I've been, I've been logging, like I've been doing WSJTX and FT8. And I've been logging using WSJTX and then importing it into CloudLog. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually logged anything using CloudLog yet. So I don't uh, know. If, I don't know if you put in a call sign and a grid locator and all that kind of stuff. If the map for the QSO actually goes to where that is, because it seems to default to London. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. I don't know why that would be either, but. Yeah, you would think it would, you put in your profile, I think it would just start, start by your house. <laughs> I, you would, I would think it would start at the locator of the station location, personally. But that sort of makes sense. Yeah. 
but it doesn't seem to do that. So. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like I said, I've not actually done any direct logging using CloudLog. I've just been logging in all the other applications and then doing the imports. And there, there's a lot of options for imports, but we should probably talk a little bit more about the application first before we go into QSL uh, uploading and downloading. Yeah, so you uh, you cover the live QSO and the post QSO is exactly the same, except for the date and time field are exposed. So you can just type in previously worked stations, and uh, that seems to be all that is extra there. Well, it also uh, it also doesn't auto populate the mode and band. If you're using the rig interface, those are blanked because it's using the information from the radio. You can't, like I said, you can do a local override. But if you're using the post QSO, that information is not pulled from the radio. It doesn't use the radio interface. Yeah, that's cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, it would be irrelevant. <laughs> Unless you specify it. Uh, but, but, you know, that would assume that you're using the same mode and band that you were at the time you did the logging, which uh, may or may not be true. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, across the top menu bar, you also have a notes section. And this is where you can just ad hoc some uh, some random notes. It has a little create note button there, and you can give it a title and whatever else. If you don't happen to have a handy-dandy note at the time, you can uh, go ahead and create one there inside your log, and you can also delete it. So you, you don't have to have them permanently there. Uh, the analytics section is pretty, it's pretty detailed. Um, you have two different options under analytics. You have statistics and grid squares. Uh, we, we were definitely playing with this the very first time we looked at it <laughs> once we had some data to look at. Uh, so in the very first one, the statistics, you have a general tab and a satellites tab. My satellites tab has no data. I wonder why. <laughs> Mine does not either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you get a kind of like a nice little overview of, uh, total QSOs, uh, per year. And it has like a breakout of, a like a little vertical bar chart. I guess that's what you call that, um, by year with your QSO count, your total QSO count. Then it has a breakout of, uh, just a couple of pie charts of, uh, cues per mode, cues per band, uh, on the, on the general information. Um, and I'm assuming that the satellites probably has like a per satellite type thing and mode and, and all that other happy stuff. Um, I'd have to, look at his website to see if he has something different on there but a really cool one is in the analytics you go into the grid squares uh and for some reason it it defaults to satellites so ignore that and go to the bands <laughs> <laughs> and, and it defaults to two meters for some reason i don't know why <laughs> but ignore that too <laughs> and uh you know, go to your favorite band of choice, and I'm just going to go to 40 meters just because there's actually data there for mine. And I'm waiting for it to. Uh, so yeah, I, I go to 15 meters because I have data all the way from Hawaii to North Northern Africa in my 15 meters. So, oh, and I just mine like just crashed my browser. Way oh to go. no! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so have... crap. Don't use it. No, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the grid squares band. Okay, now let me switch to 40 meters here. All right, let me switch uh, to so 40 meters too. So yeah, so you're presented with a map, and it uh, it basically will highlight the major grid square. So like a DN is is the major grid square, the the first two letters of your grid square. If you have any contacts within that uh, grid square, or you know that grid parent. Uh, it'll highlight the area green. So you're presented with a world map that you can zoom in on and you can click down to the level of the actual grid square. And then as you approach closer, it'll break it out per individual grid square. And you can see all the grid squares you've worked on every band. 
So this is kind of cool because you can kind of just get a glance at a map of where all your cues are. Oh, so yeah, you should try to zoom out like way beyond the map can actually zoom out. That's what just crashed mine. <laughs> all right, let me do that. Don't worry out. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally screwed my browser. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bug so yeah and like any software uh, that you find on uh, github you can always put issues into the issue tracker in github and uh yeah this is a what we'd call a probably a race, condi race condition in javascript <laughs> with the mapping ui <clears throat> i'd have to profile right, let me, let me it but... get back in here okay there now everything's good again <laughs> This is the nice part about a web race uh, logger is all you do is kill your tab and reopen it and, uh, you know, it's back up. So uh, it's there. And um, but anyway, yeah, so that you have a really cool little analytics of what's going on uh, in, in the various bands and and you can kind of just quickly zoom through the various uh, bands and see where you're doing activity and where you're not doing activity kind of give you a feel of uh of how your uh, your antennas are performing or your station location is performing. Now, the only thing I don't see here specifically is like being able to break that out by station profile or by your actual, uh, yeah, your station profile, um, which would be nice. Uh, that would be a great little feature add-on to have, so you can kind of see like, oh, you know, from from my 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 cabin up on the lake. I uh... <laughs> well, do you actually have more than one station profile in CloudLog? Not not right now. Yeah, well, oh, so maybe it does do that if you have one. Oh, well, I'm going to create one right now. Just <laughs> and then log something bogus and then see what happens, right? My dream house. Let's <laughs> see. My uh, yeah. uh, I'll do that while you uh, carry on. I'm still trying to figure out where I got that Delta Foxtrot contact. I don't know if it was a maritime mobile way out in the middle of, like, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. CQ zone. Oh, I hate CQ zones. Well, just a... CQ that. zone four, ITU zone seven, something CQ like seven, ITU four, some of that. That's going to be close. Let's see, grid square. It'll be the same as mine. So, what's mine? My station profile. Okay, CQ four, ITU seven. CQ four, ITU seven. All right. I'm going to zoom in here so I get the right grid square of my new house that I'm going to be putting up here. So, it looks like DN27. <laughs> And DN27. And we won't worry about all that. And we'll save that. We're going to set active. Okay. Now log and a contact with me. Log, log a uh, internet I'm QSO. <laughs> I'm going to internet a QSO here. <laughs> at the K5TUX. And look, it even suggested it. Sure, we're on 160. I'm just going to save that. So now I have a contact here. And let's go to my analytics. Oh, cancel. Didn't I save it? Oh, please fill. Oh, no, I did. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Leave. <laughs> when you go into a live QSO, I won't let you back out. Um, uh, so grid squares, let's see, bands and 160. Yeah. See, I'm still seeing uh, the master list. So okay. it's not broke out by, uh, by station profiles, which would be kind of cool to kind of see that uh, particular map maybe with a different profile. What about in the I know, not grid square analytics? Is it, does it break it out or does it just show total? Just as everything. So okay. I have everything for 160 showing right now. I just logged you as 160. So, right. so yeah, so it's not quite there, um, but that's still pretty cool. I, I still think that's pretty neat. 
Um, the next uh, little menu item is awards, and inside awards, you can track uh, DXCC worked all band. Uh, worked all is that WB work all bands? Maybe I I don't know. I don't know. Is that what WAB is? Uh, or is it know. just WAB? WAB. It's just WAB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Soda has also uh, CQ uh, zones worked. Uh, and looks like DOK, which is that uh, that fancy thing for Germany as well. I'm not sure what the WAB is. I'm assuming that is uh, maybe uh, specific to Europe. Here, we're frantically looking it up right now, trying to figure out what WAB is. <laughs> <laughs> Worked all Britain. It is. It Worked is. all Britain. There you go. Okay. So it's not perfect because, you know, you'd want to have worked all states and everything else. Um, and again, would would not be a bad thing to get that added uh, to the system um, for expandability and so on. But, uh, you know, for DXCC, it does uh, does track that without any issue uh, whatsoever. Um, although I see mine's kind of uh, still kind of weird. Oh, probably because my countries are not found. <laughs> when I imported it, I, would, I got a, a, a pretty blank down file and uh and didn't have it backfill all the country stuff so i'll have to redo my particular one so uh, i can actually see that information do you see dxcc uh stuff on yours uh yes okay so maybe you can describe what you're seeing okay um under my dxcc tab uh the leftmost column is country and it shows all the countries i have contacts in uh and then across the top it is bands uh so it shows me the number of contacts i have per DXCC entity and band uh, because it's not, it's not really countries because like I have uh, Guantanamo Bay and Alaska are separate DXCC entities. Yeah. Um, yeah. DXCCs. Right. So uh, it just shows that I have like uh, one contact in Mexico on 40 meters and one contact in Mexico on 20 meters and two contacts in Mexico on 15 meters and so on. And so, forth. so, it shows you, uh, yeah, by band, by DXCC entity, and the number of contacts. And of course, uh, the the number is a hyperlink, so you can actually see what those contacts are by clicking. On. Yeah, so that's that's kind of cool too. I like that that web feature where you can kind of di- drill down into uh, into your data. Like it does the same thing content. on the CQ and the CQ zones. Yeah, uh, it presents a map where it shows you all of the CQ zones, and then if you click on a zone. It will show you what contacts you have made in said zone. Ah, so I can't even see that because <laughs> mine aren't mine aren't countries. <clears throat> I do have to fix that in my log. Um, so yeah, so the awards tracking looks pretty slick. Uh, you can definitely uh, you could definitely use a little bit more, you know, U.S. stuff if uh, if you were to use this full time. I would probably uh, look at doing that. <laughs> um, and then the last, uh, menu option is the admin. And that's kind of where we was, we started, we started there with our account setups, our API key, uh, the station profiles, the radio interface that we talked about, but here also you can get into your importing and exporting, uh, from a def, uh, you know, if you export from a different logging program, you can import it. However, we did run into a slight issue, um, if you have some text above the, the first tagged line inside your ADI file, it will sort of bomb out and won't process the file. So, uh, if you get an error when you do an import, uh, just open up your ADI file with a, with a text editor and just remove the first couple rows that, uh, are just text that, you know, aren't actually tags. And by tags, I mean, you, you'll see what I mean by tags. 
<laughs> it looks like you know computer geeky stuff um uh, so yeah you, you should be able to see that plain text above the first like three lines there um is what you need to remove also there's a logbook of the world import and export uh this you can actually use a uh, actual file to download um and it looks like you can also pull the file directly yeah from profile I haven't tried that myself. Have you tried the logbook uh, import export? I think you said you did. I did. Um, and I believe the EQSL one works and the logbook of the world one doesn't, at least not for me. Okay. So, so your mileage may vary. <laughs> uh, as far as the EQSL export, like to upload to EQSL, that also works for me. But okay. I have not been able to do anything with logbook of the world. Interesting. So I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. I wonder if it's uh, there's some other pieces there. Do you have to use a... I don't know if it's a fact that like my station locator doesn't match Logbook of the World or... Oh, the like trusted that. QSL yeah. signature or whatever. Yeah. It might be one of those things. Um, it, it would have been nice if we had Peter here to actually answer that question, but <laughs> no idea why why that's not working, but it's not working for me. Uh, so, uh, so on down that list there in the admin section, there's also a print requested QSLs. And this is where you can export CSV files, ADIF files, um, and also mark those requested QSLs uh, as uh, as sent. Um, I'm assuming you can do like a little mail merge or something like that to uh, create your own little labels if you actually do that, uh, or if you print your own QSL cards, what have you. Uh, there's also a backup option there, and that allows you to download an ADIF file of of your your contacts, and you can also back up your notes. So if you need to take a copy of those notes. Uh, you can do that. Uh, um, I, will, I will point out that the backup takes place in a directory on the computer where the web server is running, not on your local machine. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Are you presented with a link of where to download that from? Yep. Oh, you're not. <laughs> well, ain't that something? <laughs> I'm running an update of mine. I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> uh, the other option is uh, update country files, which I'm doing right now because <laughs> apparently I clicked the button. <laughs> and uh, and it will go ahead and do your uh, your updates. Okay, so there we go. Um, oh, it's still turning and burning. It said done, but it's uh, it's not coming back. Um, okay. All else fails, kill the window. It's fine. It's a web app. <laughs> it's Let web me app. tell you. <laughs> you can do that with anything. I'm sure that's the recommended procedure. If the page becomes unresponsive, close your browser and start over. <laughs> <clears throat> now it's, uh, yeah, it's not happy now. <laughs> Mine's not loading, so we're going to go back to yours. All right, don't break mine. <laughs> I don't even remember what was your uh, K5. No, hamshack.k5gx. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. I was trying to look for my history and I'm like, oh, it's not there. <laughs> it's, on, it's on that special port. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mine just uh, mine just came back. Never mind. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's good. The, that that the, knows you're recovered there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. So you back up. Oh, yeah. So uh, it does present you a link that you can then download liar like that um so yeah you do get a backup directory and it is accessible via the web ui to download your uh your uh, your adi file and i'm trying to see and my... for those people who are grid square, grid square hunters the the main log map has a layer icon in the upper right and it allows you to actually overlay grid squares on the main logging map 
and it does do the thing where it expands the grid square as you zoom in. So, oh, I see what my thing was doing. That's why it kind of wigged out when I updated the DXCC. It actually started looking up every contact I have in the <laughs> I have in my uh. map. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's weird. No wonder I should have let it run properly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now I all of a sudden have. Uh, have a QSO breakdown, countries breakdown, and stuff like that with mine. My DXCC now looks fairly normal um, with all the entries in it. Okay, so yeah. So that's a good thing to do. If you haven't done that yet and you've imported a file, you can go ahead and update your country files and, and make sure you uh, recheck all, and uh, it'll it'll update everything. So that's kind of a cool little thing. Um, didn't know that was even there. Uh, so yeah, the backup, if you back up your notes, yeah, no, it backs up the notes as an XML file that you can then download. Right. And then, the, up, like I said, onto box that's hosting the web server, not your right. Machine. So you still need to grab it. Right. You can still grab it and it gives you a link to grab it. So if you want to back up, really back it up, you need to back it up somewhere else besides the server that it's actually on, which can be the local machine that you're running from. You know, it could be your desktop. It could, it be, your, could be, yes. It could be your you know, Raspberry Pi or your laptop or even your cell phone. You can even, you know, download it from on your cell phone. Um, unless it's a really huge log, then, of course, it's going to be. <laughs> so, so what I see from this, I would like to inject here that. Yeah. It seems to me that if you had a station, if you had a login, say, for your club and you were doing club logging, you could have a station location set up for, say, your field day operation. And then you could have everybody log in using your club uh, user and select field day operation station configuration. And then you could do tag logging, sort of like M1MM does. But this, since this is, this is not as it sits, a contest logger, it doesn't do dupe checking and it doesn't do um, score calculation and stuff like that. But it seems to me this could be a short hop from what we currently have to a distributed contest logger. I don't think it would take a lot of work to make that happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful in that regard. I don't think dupe checking would be a big deal. Award calculation might be, um, or not award calculation, but scoring calculation might be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But I think if, you I... get, if you could get people logging on multiple machines simultaneously into the same station ID, uh, and do like on the fly dupe checking. This could easily be a contest logger. So, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't need much to get it to go yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, when I was when we were talking about this before, and I was looking at it, I was looking at it specifically for doing sort of like a multi multi setup, but not really for contesting. I was looking at it for more for uh, you know national jamboree and and scouting. And yes, right. I did mention right. scouting again. <laughs> <laughs> and again, as long as you had, as long as everyone yeah. had access to the login and a station profile set up for doing the logging for that particular, say, event, um, there's no reason you couldn't do that for sure. Yeah. And uh, so let's talk about um, not being logged in and what you can access. That's actually so, configurable. I didn't know if you know that, but it is. It is. Oh, let's talk about that. Where's that at? I didn't even see that. Oh, that's in the hit in the config file. It, it is in the config file. Yes. Aha. So let's talk about the stuff that's not in the UI configuration wise. Okay. Talk. 
<laughs> well, you seem to. Oh, I actually have the file open. Would you believe that? Like, <laughs> How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Good old Vim, just sitting here, all taken care of. So, so I'm inside so in the, the main thing in the main working directory under application slash config. There is a config.php, which allows you to tweak certain things. <laughs> yeah. One that. of which is the things that are available to anonymous users. How about that? How about that? So, so, um, so you want to talk about that or am I talking? <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. I, I thought you were, you were trying to make me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of was actually. But <laughs> I'm just looking through all this stuff now. It's like, oh, I, I totally forgot about all this extra stuff down here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, the, so basically anonymous users by default have access to like local log information. They can't do anything with it, but they can view it. So you can change, you can make it so that like anonymous users can't see anything. Like all they get is a login prompt and they have to log in in order to access any of the log data. Um, that, that may be useful to you or not. I don't honestly care if people can see my log data. I, I'm actually kind of thrilled if someone wants to look at my log data, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also turn off authentication entirely. Um, which I don't think I would recommend that. Uh, but you can do it if you just want to have a, an open logging platform where people can just log into your database and, and shove in random, like, you know, SQL query uh, exploits and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, you can do that if you want to. And, of course, there's a lot of other things you can tweak, including the language. I don't think there's a lot of internationalization done on this yet. I'm pretty sure English is it. But it is set up so that if somebody wants to set up CloudLog to work in, say, Portuguese, uh, internationalization basically just involves creating a language directory called, say, Portuguese um, with um, text substitutions in the language of your choice, and then you configure it in the main config interface. So you could have internationalization in here pretty easily. Um, I think since Peter speaks English, he's pretty much focused on English and not worried about <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> so if you want this in your native Mandarin, you, there's a little work for you to do, but yeah, there is that. It, at least the, the, the fundamental was there. The idea of having internationalization was there. It's just not implemented. Uh, let's see. I don't think I really changed much else. Um, there's stuff in here about reverse proxying. If you're if you're doing that, um, I actually have mine using a Let's Encrypt certificate, so my site is encrypted. I don't think Bill was doing that with his. Um, anything else in here that's interesting? Without getting like ridiculously, you can set your cookie parameters, temp directories, log uh, date format, encryption key, which you should probably change. Um, <laughs> what did you say? I don't, I don't have on mine. Encryption was, was your uh, cloud log encrypted? Oh, I don't know. Was it supposed to be? Well, no, no, no. I mean, do you use an HTTPS URL or an HTTP? Oh, I can. Yeah, I have a, I have a, yeah, certificate on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think by default, I, I didn't. Uh, the, I had just noticed in the setup, I didn't have the URL set to do that. Right. No, I, so I now, just, now I just changed that. Right. Right. Uh, which is always good. Anytime you have an authentication page where you have people logging in, you should probably encrypt that data. 
Um, I think that was all I saw that needed to be tweaked inside the config PHP. There really wasn't that much to it. A lot of the stuff was set up in the initial install. And then there were, like I said, there were a couple of things you could tweak, uh, to get it to do things more the way you want to. And of yeah, course, there's the uh, some, future, some, future like, placeholders for uh, internationalization. So yeah, you also have things like, yeah, if you want to turn up the logging verbosity in case you're trying to track down an error, or you're trying to troubleshoot something, you can turn that up. So there's a lot of cool little, little simple things you can do here to see some more information. And let's see, was there anything else we didn't touch on? There's the printed, the imports, the exports, radio interface station profiles, award tracking, analytics, notes, QSOs, and of course, just the basic logbook authentication and so on. I think that pretty much gets into it. You had something in here you were going to talk to him about, presumably about satellite interfacing, uh, which I'm not sure we can really touch on. So, Yeah, I don't know much about it myself, but I would assume this is uh, the SatPC. Uh, this is what he lists as one of the third party apps is the sat pc sides i'm looking for my notes on that right now that aren't of course where they need to be here we go uh cat control sat pc uh 32 to cloud log interface uh, this would be a windows user type application uh this is just a little wedge that sits in between your uh sat pc 32 app which i see a lot of the satellite guys using and it's a, a direct data exchange interface to cloud log so it allows you to have a little bit of communication and beyond just talking about it, that, that's all I can talk about. <laughs> it's available uh, on uh, on the, uh, Peter's uh, uh, GitHub account. So you can take a look at that if you're into satellite uh, satellites and, and using SatPC as your main interface for your for your ASL and your, you know, uh, Doppler shifting the radio and rig control and all the other stuff. Um, and let's see, QSL labels, talked about that. Project support, we talked about that. It's Patreon and PayPal. And uh, he gives credits to several people that are pro- uh, that are currently uh, or have in the past helped him with the, the application. And that's uh, those guys are listed in our uh, show notes as well on the website. And, of course, this is on GitHub. So that means you can always fork it and uh, do pull requests back in. And uh, he may or may not accept it. So uh, if you want to work on features on this and com- and commit back into the mainline repo, uh, you know, get hooked up on GitHub there and uh, start working on it. And like uh, like uh, Russ had mentioned, it is written with uh, Code Igniter as the framework, which has been around for quite a while. I remember doing Code Igniter stuff probably what ten years ago or something like that, maybe more. Maybe, yeah, maybe fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's a well-established framework for doing PHP work. Uh, I guess a lot of people use Laravel now and 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 stuff. So, uh, but uh, Code Igniter still used quite uh, quite all over the place for people that are still doing PHP stuff, and it, it's really easy to work with. So, uh, it, it's not complicated stuff. Um, so, I think it's pretty low barrier to entry uh, for kind of tweaking and doing stuff. Um, yeah. Maybe some of the mapping stuff might be a little complicated, but I, I haven't really looked at the code in, in that much detail to see. Uh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it uses OSM. So if you're it, you know into the OSM API and stuff like that and know anything about it, then it shouldn't be that big a deal. And I've already created a branch in my Git repo to do some updates on my end. So there you go. There's there's one pull request sitting there, and uh, that's 23 days old. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I pulled like recently. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying that, I mean, there's a pull request there under discussion. <laughs> uh, I looked at some of the things they're looking at. On his at. repo, yeah. 
Oh, in my repo? In his repo. Oh, in his repo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've uh I looked at some of the the track the issue tracking mm-hmm. for some of the stuff and it looks like there's uh some some good thoughts in there about uh changes, future changes. We'll see if any of those actually get implemented. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So and you can always take a look at that on uh, the GitHub account in the issues area. And that looks pretty good. Um, anything else that we can think of uh, to talk about this, or are we going to move on to announcements? I, I honestly think we've we've beaten this as much as we can until we actually get a chance to talk to Peter directly and maybe get some uh, more information about the project. But until then, I don't think there's much more to say about it. So we should probably just move on and say uh, CloudLog is actually um, it's stable. It is distributed, so if you want to use this across different platforms, all you have to do is have a web service that's available to the web, and you can log from anywhere. Uh, if, and, of course, if you're using Rig Control D, you have access to any number of radios uh, that are accessible via TCP connection. So that's, that's useful as well. So if you want to do remote operation, it's certainly available to you. Uh, it is kind of satellite-focused, but it's available as a general um, general logger. And uh, I see a future for using it as a distributed uh, contest logger. So I'm hoping some more development happens. Some of that might be mine. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, But I don't have anything else, I don't think. Cool. Cool. Let's move on. All right, then we'll move on. So uh, we got some feedback over the last, I don't know, was it a week and a half or something since we uh, did feedback last? So anyway, uh, we got a Facebook comment from Rich K0 Alpha. Alpha. Ooh, Alpha. A, I, Alpha. Made a, I made up a letter. Elf. Kilo Elf Bravo. Zero. We're getting into the Christmas season. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. We're getting uh, Kilo Zero Echo Bravo. Uh, that's Rich, former host of the program, Rich. Uh, he says, great deep dive into Pi Star with a bonus introduction into all the digital voice modes. Thanks, Russ. It was a great interview. Well, thanks, Rich, for suggesting that we actually do that interview. Uh, it was at his suggestion that we got in contact with Andy Taylor, MW0MWZ, and had our first chat about PyStar, and there will definitely be some more of those. I sent him some uh, emails. Uh, I sent Andy some emails after that about configuring my PyStar instance to do various things, and his response to my last query was, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Um, anyway, thanks, Rich, for the feedback. We appreciate it. Uh, we also got an email from Gary, K-E-2-Y-K, who says, Hey, Russ, original donator here, but not a member now. Well, why not, Gary? I mean, fix still that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, however, somehow I am back on your email list, and I will say that I have been pushing out uh, episode release information onto the mailing list now, so people are actually getting information on the mailing list. Yay. And- and we've only had like three people unsubscribe, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> no, I think that's that, that's another great announcement too. Is that that you're starting to uh, hit all the social media sites as well with all of the the threads for the episode releases? Yes, we are pushing out on Twitter and Facebook when an episode comes out. Uh, of course, it's announced in Discord, and it is now being sent out to the mailing list when an episode and is Telegram. Released. It's, oh, yes, of course, in Telegram, but you have to be connected to the Revoice server on Telegram. And honestly, I would tell you how to do that, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I'm on there. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I told you how. Like, oh, that's right. You told me how. Yeah. I, I, could, I could look in the history. <laughs> I've completely forgotten. So anyway, if you look up Revoice, 
there's a way to connect to the Revoice service on Telegram. So if you're a Telegram user, you connect to that, and then you, it will announce to you things uh, <laughs> like episodes. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. So right. if you go to Revoice, you do slash start space Linux dash in space uh, dash the dash ham dash shack. And then it will subscribe you to that announcement. There you go. Um, I'm only I'm only using Revoice for two things. One is us Linux and the Hamjack, and the other is um, the Linux Mint podcast. I think is the other one I'm using. So they also use Revoice. Uh, there's probably other things that use Revoice too. So you know, might be a, a useful tool for you. Who knows? Uh, so thank Gary for that, and uh, you should definitely become a subscriber again because we have a contest coming up here pretty soon, and all paid subscribers are automatically entered into those. So. Yeah, there's there's a thought and uh finally we have an email from anthony k8 zulu tango he says a recent article from the ohio section journal on scouting and amateur radio and gives us a link and this was obviously in our uh response to our talk about uh joda and so on and so forth and i don't know if this was directly uh referencing you bill but uh, apparently there's some information <laughs> on scouting and amateur radio and there will of course be a link to that in the show notes and we want to thank anthony for sending us the information and uh, giving us some feedback appreciate it well there's definitely pictures that i took in the, this little article so <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> i don't see any credit here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a decent resource an article about uh, where to find information and everything else uh how to get started in joda and stuff like that so so pretty good information there and definitely uh we'll share it in our show notes so uh, you can check it out all right very good well with that we are down to the end of this deep dive into cloud log on episode number 304 of linux in the ham shack and so with that we'll go ahead and wrap it up and we'll we'll talk to you all again in about a week's time so for Cheryl, who is not here, W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. 
become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.